Hello and welcome back to, well, I guess what I would consider is the traditional format of Tampa Bay Cop Talk. So we'll call this episode two of the 2020 season of Tampa Bay Cop Talk. We're once again joined by our uh, contingent here. I'm Jordan. I'm Andrew. David. Oh. Every time. I'm Darius. <laughs> every time. That's it's like a real Zoom meeting. It's like a <laughs> You'll have the same <laughs> cadence every time. Get <laughs> out of here. I was last the other time. I, I don't know. You guys are I don't sinking. like awkward times. They're difficult. That's what we want, though, is like to give everyone the real experience of what it's like to be living in Corona times where we have to do Zoom podcasts. Oh, that's, yeah. just, that's just how it goes. This is the Zoom culture. We have to speak over each other when <laughs> introducing ourselves. expression. If someone texts you all day, eventually you'll start to have the same cadence. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, wow. be- before we dive headfirst into the main event, into the meat and potatoes of well, why we're here, uh, real quick, if you haven't been paying attention to our social medias uh, or our last episode of Rambling Rivals, we are doing a special event with Everton Tampa up at their uh, bar slash pub, Bay Cannon Brewery. We're doing a food drive. So we'll be going up there to do a a sort of away day with the Evertonians and in the spirit of the Merseyside Derby, collecting food to help uh, Metropolitan Ministries feed families in the Tampa Bay area over the holiday period. If you can come and you want to come, bring canned goods. We'll be collecting them there. If you can't come and you'd like to donate, there is a link to donate on our Facebook, on the event page for the event. Go to Tampa Bay Cop Talk on Facebook. Go to Tampa Bay Cop Talk on Instagram. Twitter, all that to find it out. We'll see you there, hopefully. And if not, we appreciate your donations. However, let's real quick, before we look ahead, what do we always do? We look back, we reflect, we introspect, we come out better human beings. So looking back, we're four matches in, 4-3 win at Leeds to open the season, 2-0 win against Chelsea at Chelsea, 3-1 win at home against Arsenal, and then, of course, the 7-2 the drubbing at Phillip Park. I'm going to throw it first to Darius. Four matches in. We are where we are. Nine points out of 12. Are you having a reevaluation of this team? Do you have different expectations? Where are you at? Um, not at all. No reevaluation from my end because you look at the team that was out there against Villa, obviously, incomplete team. You didn't have your keeper. You didn't have your captain. You didn't have your best player going forward on the wing on the left. So, yeah, no, no, no. That's that's not at all a representation of what this team's going to be. Oh, by the way, the um, best player in the midfield that they just got, Thiago, he also wasn't there either. So I'm not going to be the guy that says, well, if they had all those players, they would have won. But, I mean, obviously, it's a totally different game. So it's it, you, you can't even evaluate that in the grand scheme of things. Um, as for what you saw before that against Arsenal, against Chelsea, more of a barometer of what this team actually is going to be. And they looked boss in both of those games. So that is more of the team that I'm expecting Liverpool to be. And when we were all saying at the beginning of the year, this is the team that can win the league and win the European Cup. Well, that team absolutely can. But yeah, if they had to go an entire season without Allison out, an entire season with Sadio Mane out, an entire season with Jordan Henderson out, an entire season without, I mean, all of their top players. Yeah, yeah, they would be pretty rough. Um, so the second unit, not as good as the first, but duh. Yeah. So, uh, Andrew, are you looking more at the Villa as your as your, your temperature gauge, or are we looking at the other three matches prior to that and feeling a bit more calm about where we are and kind of feeling like we're exactly where we thought we were? 
No, I think it's 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 weird. Okay, first I'll talk about the league, and I think that I think this league might because given the the situation we are in with coronavirus and so on, I think this might be a league where if you're gonna the winner of the league is not gonna have is not gonna need not, almost 100 points. It might this league this year might be a league where you maybe need 87, 86, something along those lines. So that's so in terms of reevaluating reevaluating that's what i'm thinking like in other words if liverpool were going to win are going to win the league this year i don't think they need to do it with having one loss right that being said though i find it interesting that we struggled against smaller teams in these four matches you know the leeds and the aston villas of the world versus your chelsea's and arsenal's and i don't and I don't really know what that comes down to. I mean, obviously, Leeds is a, is a special example with Bielsa, but my concern is that I, I'm in two minds, you know? I mean, I, I'm not, I don't like astrology, but I'm a Gemini. I'm like, one mi- mind is like, I'm stressing the hell out because Everton are dope right now, and we're not so dope. And anything could happen. We've, you know, the guys just arrived today at home or whatever from international duty, you know, no training time, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, Darby, you know, those cliches go right out the window. Form goes out the window and all that kind of good stuff. So, dude, I don't, I don't know what to think. I just hope we have a boss time at singing and giving bands to the Evertonians, win or lose or draw. And obviously we do a good time, you know, do a good thing with the food drive. So, you know, that's all I can really hope for. But as, uh, you know, as I'm known, I'm, I'm nervous as hell. Although the last few weeks I've been like, oh, somewhat positive based on history. This not- no, I'm still no, I can't. Okay. I can't help you. <laughs> okay, right. again. Yeah. So, oh no, what'd you say, Darius? I was just saying he's back to anxious Andy. Yeah, that's who he is. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because here's the thing: like mathematically, like like look, South or Southampton lost nine nil. They bounced that back pretty well. We lost four nil a couple seasons ago um, against Tottenham. I want to say we bounced back pretty well. Like we use that as a catalyst to, you know, move forward, so to speak. So maybe this will be that catalyst to move forward, right? But I, I, I don't know. Negativity, man. We this is 2020. Anything well, could happen. The good news is there's only 34 games left. I think they'll yeah. figure it out. That's true. Um, That's true. But I, specifically for this game and what it means and so on, you know, for me personally, I don't want to lose that record of not losing, not losing to Everton for the last 10 years. You know, of course. It's going to happen at some point, but not today. Okay. You know, so, not, not this week. So before, but before we plow straight into Everton sure. coming up, uh, David, um, kind of bouncing off what Andrew said there, uh, the Villa result, 7-2, bit of anomaly compared to the last three. You know, we beat Chelsea fairly comfortably, and in the end we handled Arsenal pretty comfortably. So – in the, in the case of like reevaluating expectations, as, as Andrew just said, uh, is this more of a case that the league is maybe getting a little bit better um, or did we get a little worse? Um, how are you feeling? No, I think it's, uh, it's definitely a case of everybody else is going to close the gap. I mean, you and I sat and we said last year that we didn't think that it was going to be another hundred point season, that it wasn't going to be a thing where everybody's going to, whoever the champion is, is going to be like undefeated in December forever. That can't go on forever. Right. Yeah. So I just think that there's a, it's a, maybe a little bit more parody. Of course, we talked about it the last time after the Villa game, this is an odd season, the pace of it, not being, not having any fans. The whole thing is just odd. Um, and so, you know, you've got players getting sick going in and out of the squad. You've got injuries to still deal with. I just think everyone's going to have 
some serious peaks and valleys and you know uh, i though they've recovered from worse things more heartbreaking things than that fluky villa result so i i'm i'm not my expectations don't change my expectations for coming into the season were that we would be in and around the title that we would compete for it i'm not necessarily saying that we're definitely going to win it because i do think it's going to be a strange season but that doesn't change i i, I think we're still in the same spot you know, you're, you're never going to win all the games. So you've gotten uh, that whole, we don't have to go, have, have that pressure of a 26 game unbeaten run or whatever this year. It's, <laughs> it's happened. It's done. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm obviously devastated. We won't be getting the little shiny gold trophy that I desperately wanted last year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is, I guess. Nobody was ever going to get that this year. <laughs> right, this Actually, is a year where it's like the winner is probably going to be the team that's best at not getting that Rona. Like, yeah, we already seen it over in Italy where Napoli dinged three points simply because they couldn't travel because coronavirus. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a bit of a nutty one. Um, I mean, the yeah, Champions I mean, League's gonna be even more unpredictable. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there eventually, but um, uh, yeah, I I pretty much echo a bunch of what you guys have said with regards to Darius. Like the Villa thing is a blip on the radar, in my opinion. Andrew mentioned it, like the 4-0 at Tottenham that happened whenever that was. It feels like a lifetime ago. Um, we turned around on the back of that and played really, really good football that led to us getting to a Champions League final against all expectations in our first season back in the competition. Uh, so, yeah, I have faith in Klopp to make the Villa thing not, you know, fester. Uh, and without looking too far ahead, like Andrew said, there is a good opportunity on the other side to come out of this. And, yeah, you know what? Leeds coming up is not your typical relegation team coming up. Uh, I, I think I said it in a text to you guys, the slinkifying of the league or the, the shrinking, the, 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 the lessening of the standard deviation of the league where it's been spread out like this and the slinky has to come back together a little bit. And so the gap from the bottom to the top is probably going to be a lot less. The gap between the top four and six to seven is probably going to be a lot less. The gap between third and the top two is probably going to be a lot less. Um, and yeah, do we have to go and get 93 points? Probably not. That means you're probably going to lose a couple matches. Get it out of your system early. Uh, expectations are as low as they could be for this squad at this point, so they get to build back up into that bastion of invincibility, as Mr. Shankly once said. Um, but as we're also looking back, and we've mentioned one of them, the transfer window, guys. Uh, it's coming to a close, at least domestically, tomorrow. It went to a close internationally uh, a, a, like a week back. Um outgoings let's talk about them first a couple of big ones and there's a questionable one on the horizon how does you feel about brewster being let go andrew i mean what hasn't been said that about michael edwards i mean in terms of praise what yeah awesome sell on clause whatever buyback awesome dope i mean but honestly as a fan i, I don't give a shit anymore <laughs> like he's not gonna play for us great okay we move on we go again this means more uh, well, you're being stuff. calm and trusting in this yes i know it's really strange i know i know but here's I the thing so michael fun. edwards uh, is like the, the man deserves a, pod, uh, a podium no statue he deserves the key to the city he deserves an invitation to the oscars the man is a genius so he can do no wrong in my book so i i you know i trust him and at the end of the day if Klopp, I, I look at it very simply. If Klopp, you know, of course, you know, he, um, Brewster probably just wanted to play. You got to let the kid do whatever he wants to do, right? But if Klopp is really like thinking, oh, he's dope, 
let's keep him. He's going to say, hey, no, Booster, you need to stay a little bit. Just be a little bit more patient. You know what I mean? So at, in terms of that, I'm just like, I, I don't care anymore. It's the same thing with Harry Wilson. However, when it comes to Gruich, Boy, come back. You're my boy, Blue. You need to come back. Oh, slow your roll. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Slow your roll real quick, Andrew. Do your thing at Porto. Porto has a great, you know, uh, coaching, blah, 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 record of, you know, talent and stuff. Learn your shit. Come back. Do us a solid. You're a good man. Before we get to (laughs) Gruich, David Brewster, are you upset? Do you think he has a chance to get back? Andrew just said he doesn't care anymore. Let's tag this video two years down the line when we activate that buyback clause. Hey, David, I don't care at the moment. (laughs) Okay, we've qualified (laughs) the statement now. Let me qualify it. He's not. He doesn't play for Liverpool anymore. So it's like, let's move on. Let's go. All right, David Brewster, give me your thoughts. Uh, I was a little disappointed, but not all that surprised, just because I don't think we have uh, the space in our squad for a a traditional striker, number nine kind of role, like he's going to be. I think it's good that he gets to go somewhere. He gets to play all the time. He gets to be the focal point of an attack. You know, he's going to become a Premier League footballer now. He wasn't going to get that opportunity this year. So, And the fact that we have the buyback clause is massive. It's the only thing that I wasn't like – it's why I'm not heartbroken about it, right? Because we can get him back if we if he turns into that player that we believe that he can be. If he doesn't, you made good money. That was a good piece of business. So at the end of the day, like, I, I'm a little disappointed, but, I mean, again, trust the process. Trust the people who have gotten us here, right? Yeah, I mean, and the buyback clause is massive, I agree, and I would like to see him come back. And here's something to pay attention to, just the small minor details. He still likes every single thing that the Liverpool posts on Instagram. Oh, you so. mean you can go unfollow everybody? Yeah, exactly. Because that's, so that's a barometer now, social media. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, that's how you, you know, guys gone. <laughs> I feel like he still thinks in his head that this is part of getting to the Liverpool starting 11. And lest we forget that this kid absolutely lit up the youth world cups that he was involved in. And I know that there's plenty of under 16s and under 17s, 18, 19s that light the world on fire and don't do much, but he is at a Premier League club starting. Darius, how do you feel? Yeah. I mean, I feel kind of, I don't want to say indifferent because I feel good and bad at the same time. So I guess the median, the average is about indifferent, but I just kind of look from the standpoint where you don't want to be Manchester city when it comes to Jaden Sancho. Right, because Sancho is a player who's valued at 120 plus. 120 wasn't even good enough for Manchester United to go get him. Well, obviously Manchester City would love to have him back right now. So the thought is, if you have Rian Brewster, who becomes that level of a player, then having a buyback clause is fantastic. You get him at a cut rate deal if he becomes that player. What's the likelihood he becomes that player? Minimal, because there's only one you know caliber of guy that ends up being that top tier so i hope for brewster's sake he is that player and i hope for liverpool's sake they get him back so i didn't want to see him go but if there's any way to do it um for the business side of it i think it was handled perfectly um if i were you know the one to say where ram brewster gets to go it would not have been sheffield united i mentioned (laughs) on the show yo i don't like their system as far as being a striker like it's it's great team football but if you're looking for someone to be a traditional goal scorer, or even to learn how to play as a Liverpool number nine, you can't do it anywhere other than at Liverpool. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with the business. I hope it works out for Brewster, whether he comes back to Merseyside or not. But uh, 
I hope they know what they're doing with him at Sheffield. It just, it doesn't feel like a great fit, but you know, we could be wrong. He could be turning it up and just doing like he was at Swansea for, uh, for the blades. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, not to make this a Sheffield United podcast, but there is an opportunity for Wilder there to kind of readapt his system and, Maybe he gives an opportunity. Maybe he needed a striker like Brewster in order to do what he really wanted to do going forward, both defensively and in an attacking mindset. You know, Brewster's going to give him a whole lot more than what they had in McGoldrick. And I forget the other striker that they had, to be honest. Oh, no, he was a center back. He's not even a striker. That was their leading (laughs) goal. Oh, (laughs) I thought McGoldrick was the bald, uh, the bald guy with the beard. Number two. No, I know. No, he is, I think. But no, I'm saying. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) That's who the number two striker (laughs) last year in fantasy, like their center back was worth like everything. Yeah, Lundstrom and, and John Fleck just, you know, yeah, scoring no, goals but, and getting assists. Yeah. Maybe that was just because they didn't have any other options. So we'll see in regards to Brewster. Andrew, I'm going to come back to you because you you really wanted to opine about this man. Oh, Marco Gruich has, has gone to Porto. I'm upset as you are. You say that he's going to learn his position there. It is only alone, so there's a chance he comes back. So give me now your full Gruich thoughts. Okay, so for me, it's a very simple. It's like Porto, for whatever reason, uh, I mean, Porto and Benfica from a, a business standpoint, they're like just a better Ajax, right, and in and, and that standpoint. But they're also, at least maybe they're not talked about enough in terms of their Ajax, like school capability or whatever, you know, developing players, you know, but they have a history of developing players. So I'm thinking maybe he gets lucky and he, he learns quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, man, the guy's autograph's in my car. You know, he's, you know, you see, it's there. He's a part of the family. You know, we went on a trip recently. The dog is sitting next to the scarf. He's sitting next to the autograph of Gruich. So he's part of the family. You and Gruich went on a trip. Yeah. 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 Basically, he went on a trip with us. That's what I'm saying. Okay. He essentially invited invited me to his, you know. I want to do a sidebar real quick. I I just got to know. If you could only have one of them in your life going forward, Gruich, Allison, or James Rodriguez because you have a love dude, affair with all of these dude, men. Dude, all of these dude. men are okay, your. That was my boyfriend, but like James, that's that's like you're talking about. You're talking about. It's such a conundrum for you, I know. Dude, you're talking about national shit, so it have to be James. After, after, yeah, absolutely. If Gruich played more game for Liverpool, maybe it would be Gruich, but like James, I mean, that's some national like. We need to play like but, Mary Fuck Hill with these three for you, for you. Dude, but also, you gotta think also like another thing. <laughs> Uh, maybe it's not known. Like Hamas is from the same city as my mother's from, so like, oh, it, okay. that's what I'm saying. It, it hits you in the heart. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. No, like, it's yeah. So, so because, like, honestly, if Steven Gerrard just asked me to stab Landon Donovan, <laughs> I'd probably do it. But, <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I would probably do the same. But he asked Allison, uh, uh, you know, Gruich and um, Hamas. Neither of those two Liverpool players stand up to Steven Gerrard, right? So, <laughs> shit, even Mo Salah would, like, you know, trade Hamas for him. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, okay. So, well, now okay. We're, we're borderline blasphemy here. <laughs> yeah, borderline, <laughs> it is what it is. So, anyway. Oh, uh, by the way, this is going to be the clip that we use for the video. <laughs> Right. So Gruish goes on a trip with you. You're you're emotionally invested. Yo, I'm emotionally invested in the dude. He's a tall man. He seems like a nice guy. Obviously, he gave us the the exclusive scoop on what he, his dreams were when we met him. Uh, you know, and VJ slid into his DMs. Um, yeah, man, the dude is cool. Let's hope he learns a lot. Let's hope Klopp and and the people at the top in the front office don't think this is an opportunity just to get 
you know, to buff up his value or to keep his market value, you know, like, I hope it's, it's long-term, but again, I won't be surprised if we sell him next year, you know, whatever the hell, unfortunately, but got to have hope. He's my boy. That's it. <laughs> and uh, Darius, uh, uh, is this the beginning of the end of Marco Gruich or is there a way back? You know, they, they say that um, if you, if you love something strongly enough, you should let it free, let it go free. Um, Andrew, you can't be possessive, man. You got to do what's best for Marco. Oh, Marco needs to go, dude. Abusive. He, he's going to come back. He's gonna come no, back. dude. He, he needs, dude, he you needs think, to get Thiago, out there. Thiago's going to be 30 next year. Hendo's going to be 30. Uh, there's Andrew, other players that are going to be close to 30. Uh, Milner, Andrew, he's practically Andrew, my dad. You Andrew, know I mean? he wants to go out. He don't want to stay in all night. He wants to go play. You got to let him go free. He doesn't want a curfew? Okay. He doesn't want to, you can't keep baby <laughs> in a corner. No, so the thing with Gruich is like at this point, it's it's pretty clear that he is a very good player, but he's not a world class player. And Liverpool have gotten to the point where it's like if he's not a world class player, and it's kind of clear he's not going to develop into one, you, you get back what you can for him. I, I think, and for Gruich's development, he's kind of at an age now where it's like, how much more developing is he going to really do? Like we could be wrong. This could be the clip that you know we come back and use, and it's like, ha, Gruich is best in the world. Darius, you idiot, but I mean, really, like at this point, it's like if you're Liverpool, you know, you don't need him for his sake to become the best that he can be. It, it can't be at Liverpool, you know, so I, I kind of hope that this does become a long term thing because I think Porto is a great landing spot for him. Um, David, is this the beginning of the end? Is there a way back? How are you feeling? I think this is like the last chance. Um, I think the reason you send him out on loan again is not it's not about the market i think you probably could have gotten decent money for him i think what you're wanting you you do it because you're in search of him developing something that you don't think he has well i don't know what that is necessarily other than the only thing i can, I can think of is that in germany i think he was mostly deployed as sort of a defensive mid that is sort of what he was playing when he did play for us if you look at the way he moves plays what are, Move, baby, move. Does kind of remind you of somebody? He reminds uh, me a little bit of Emre Chan, man. Like he's got that clumsiness, like kind of goofiness to him, but a lot of athletic ability. He can hit a ball. He can do a lot of different things for you. He can put, he's never afraid to put in a tackle. He can pass. He can do all these different things, right? And so, like, I think that kind of type of player has some allure to Klopp. But I think you might also be looking at him like you got to develop that next piece of your game, which is really in the attacking third. And maybe Porto is a place that he can do that. And if he doesn't, then he is getting to an age where it's time to sell him on. You know, he'll have played several years in Germany. He'll have done a stint in England. He'll have done Portugal. He'll have market value. I think this is the last gasp, though. Like if he doesn't get it this year and when he comes back, if Klopp's not really impressed or didn't feel like his form while he was away on loan was something that really caught his eye. Then that will be it. Yeah. What's interesting is he actually looked pretty comfortable and probably one of our better players against Arsenal in the league cup uh, in the midfield. Um, and I'm still holding out hope, maybe not so as emotionally invested as Andrew, but he was um, Klopp's. He was Klopp's first signing. It would just be a nice thing if he actually came good and like did the business we signed him at very young age from red star belgrade there was a lot of hype about him as a young serbian up-and-coming talent klopp was obviously very keen it was somebody who was looking Bubat. at him Bubat Bubat was clean, right 
Huh? Wasn't it Buvec that got him sorted out to come over? To come over? I don't know if the Serbian connection in that particular instance had something to do with it. I do know that Klopp was looking at him when he was still at Dortmund. Uh, and he was a hot commodity in and around European sides like Dortmund, like us, that are developing players when we did buy him. You um, heard? But Buvac did everything. <laughs> According to Buvac, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, he was a manager. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It could be a case of that the team blew by him faster than he could catch yeah. up. Like, we just got so good so fast that it was like, oh, wait a second. Do we really want to hang on and develop Gruich? I do hope he comes back and comes good. But he's at that age now where it's kind of now you have to find a club that's yours and start asserting your yourself uh, and playing your way into that team. Um, one last speculative transfer outgoing who also played in that midfield, surprisingly enough, against Arsenal in the League Cup. Harry Wilson, we're going to do it real quick. Does he stay? Does he go? David. Uh, man, I, yeah, I think he goes. I just don't know where. That's the thing. I just don't know who's going to push out the money, like who feels like they have the money for that player right now. But I do think he will go. Okay. Uh, Darius, does he stay? Does he go? I mean, if he's going to be playing on the right side of the midfield, there is no point in him being a Liverpool player. They need to move him because, I mean, he deserves better than that. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, somebody needs a dead ball specialist, I'm sure. That's, yeah. We need sometimes a dead ball specialist, to be completely honest. But <laughs> well, Shaq stayed, so. Yeah, true. We'll, get, we'll, we'll have a little Shaq chat later. Shaq Andrew, chat. does Wilson stay or does he go? I'm going to say, like I said earlier, I don't care. Oh, wow. <laughs> At this point, like, I just don't. Like, it, to me, it's obvious that he, he's never going to put on a Liverpool shirt again in, in the way I see it, so. Hey, if fast my player works in buyback clause, I'm all about that life. Say again? So fast forward to January, FA Cup. Harry Wilson's in the starting lineup. Scoring winners. <laughs> this is Curtis okay. Jones on, puts oh. in the winner. Yeah. yeah, but okay, how about this? He's never going to put on a Liverpool shirt in a, in a match that Klopp values. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Breaking headline. Klopp yeah. does not care about FA Cup. <laughs> yeah, right? Nope, right. that's how that gets spun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So I no, I would go. I let, let me use a better English word. Darius said it earlier. Is indifferent. Like at yeah, this point, yeah. like I thought okay. Harry Wilson. Like, oh, I thought he'd be dope and blah 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 and this and that. And we would somehow he would be this, you know, Mo's like understudy. That's clearly not happening. So it's like at the point where like it's very okay, good. He's not world class. Like, and then clearly we're getting Mbappe twenty twenty one or Santos twenty twenty one. So I'm all about that life. Yeah. So I ain't trying to I ain't trying to work with no scrubs. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. let's move on. I mean, I am extremely intrigued by the whole Jurgen Klopp throws him in the midfield in the League Cup thing yeah. because it was like, well, if you're putting him in the shop window, you have to put him in the shop window as a winger. Um, if you're putting him in the midfield, you, apparently you have to have some type of thought that that could be something he becomes. And if you're having that thought, then you're obviously caring about his future. Um, but all the rumors are coming out that he's going to go for money. We're... <clears throat> about 24 hours away or a little less from the domestic deadline. Apparently Cardiff's in for him. Apparently Swansea's in for him, which is odd that only championship sides are in for him. But if only championship sides are in for him and willing to pay, what does that say? I think he probably stays just because he doesn't want to go to a championship squad again. And he hangs around to the FA Cup and he plays in the midfield somehow. And maybe 
little moments in football careers can make all of the difference. And so before we close out this looking behind, we obviously in this whole transfer section, we have to look at the ones we brought in. We're going to go to you, Andrew, because you got him smiling over your shoulder. Tiago Alcantara. How amazing. Tiago <laughs> Alcantara. There it is. Hey. Oh, okay, man. listen, 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 real quick, real quick. So, like, usually I'm really nervous, like, all the time. But when this man came behind me, listen, all everything's fine. Everything's good in the world. My wife can be like, yo, divorce, sign this shit. I'll be like, yo. Okay, let's move on. Oh, okay, Thiago's don't let her here. see this no, clip. Yeah, right. <laughs> Anna, please don't watch this one. We're gonna put that one in the uh, archives real quick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, we sh- we can opine and opine on Tiago. Maybe, uh, maybe edit that out. Leaving it won't make it a clip. She's not gonna make it this deep into the episode. Let's be real. <laughs> I guess uh, what I'm looking out. for, what I'm looking for, Andrew, is like Do on a scale of the question of square of like one to ten. <laughs> How do you rate the transfer? And I feel like it's a fairly easy answer. Uh, 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 12 and a half. Yeah, there you go. 12, yeah. 125.5. I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Um, no, Chiago's great. Obviously, it's, well, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I'll try to be David and be like a journalist here. It's a little <laughs> interesting because he's older. He's 29. He's going to be 30 next year or whatever, or June or May. Who cares? Um, he's going to be 30. So it's weird that we paid all that money for him. But at the same time, when was the last time Liverpool bought, you know, a world-class ready-made, uh, you know, g- you know, the diamond, you know what I mean? A finished diamond. When we Allison bought Suarez. Van Dyke, that's it, really. Yeah, yeah. But like, but like, for example, Suarez, Torres, all the, you know, these were in Mane, everything else. So um, in the rough, so to speak. So it's, it's interesting that we paid that money, amount of money at his age, right? Yeah. So that's interesting. And then, as I said in the other episode for before Chelsea, I I said that he's gonna debut, and you guys were like, "Oh well, <laughs> you know, Klopp likes to bet a man right, take, take time." I'm like, hey. "Yeah, take your dog, like, take it." And I'm like, "Hey, hey, I was obviously I don't know shit, but I'm like, <laughs> but Thiago, like he's ready made, dude. Just put that. He he'd be all right. Like uh, he, he knows how to do things. No, obviously he was put in because Henderson got injured. Obviously, but the point being is that he he I think he can he can fit in like swimwear." And we'll be fine. Now, do we do what you asked me about Jota? Can I? No, not yet. Chill out. David, slow your roll. David, a (laughs) shift of the paradigm in the transfer market, but we do get the final product. Yeah, and it's it's a player that I think really. This is just a gut feeling, like maybe Nabby's injury proneness. And his like mixed form over the last couple of years, they wanted to buy a guy they knew could give them certain aspects of what he didn't give, you know, like the passing in particular, because remember what was the big stat they sold us on with, or they uh, sold him on Nabby, right? It was that he, the past that unlocks defenses, right? This was a big thing that he was supposed to bring. And it's not that he hasn't when he's played, but it's just been such mixed results and he's been so banged up much of the time. And I think they just wanted to get somebody that they were like, Nope, this dude can walk right into the team today. We know exactly what he brings to the table. I don't care what he costs. This is what we need. And we went and got him. So credit to him. I mean, it's a lot of money for a 30 year old or a 29 year old, like Andrew said, but you know, if he gives you three years of what he was doing at Bayern, then it's 10 mil a season. Come on. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. 
Darius, anything of course it's to, worth it. Give me another trophy. Of course anything, it's anything to add, Darius, on top of all I this. would just say that Tiago is that move that makes everyone else realize, oh, y'all aren't building for the future. Y'all here right now. He's the closest that you could think of to being a champagne player in the way that Klopp plays football. Because when you think of a champagne player, you think of like someone like a Philippe Coutinho, Mesut Ozil, who's really a one-way player going forward. Awesome. Tracking back, not so much. Well, Thiago, obviously, playing more of a holding mid. He can put in the tackle, but, I mean, just luxurious when it comes to the passing. So, yeah, it's kind of the perfect player to have for a high-possession side, which Liverpool has become. So, it's just one of those deals that shows, like, <laughs> it's, it's that lay your junk on the table. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, there was plenty of people. There's plenty of fans and teams around the world that shuddered at the thought of us getting Tiago. And I think you saw it in the way that by uh, Barcelona and Man United tried to hijack the deal last second. But hey, I've, I've been saying it to people that I get into debates with about Liverpool's status as a club. We can now attract those type of players because we have all of the above. We have the best manager in the world. We have the best stadium and fans in the world. We can talk about it if you want to, but I don't really care to bother to do that. And uh, yeah, we have one of the better teams in the world now. So why would anyone want to go anywhere else? And Tiago's evidence of that. And yeah, it's nice to finally get a final product player. It hasn't really happened in my life other than Allison and Van Dyke. But getting a player that you've watched in these massive clubs while Liverpool was kind of mid-table-ish with Roy Hodgson and the whole FSG takeover beginning. Um, it's just nice to finally have arrived back at the top table, so to speak. Uh, and real quick, to wind it up, and I mean real quick, Andrew. What? Give real me quick. one word how you feel about Diego Diogo Hota coming in. One word. I'll give you two. 45 goals, baby. That's it. 45 <laughs> That's three. <goals>. That's fine. <laughs> He's like 45 or 25. 45, baby. 45 Darius, goals. give me a word on Diogo Hota. Um, unexpected. He's a player I know I wanted, but woo, I love him. David. I'll just say under the radar because I didn't see that move coming, but I'm excited about it. You saw he had a brace again for yeah. Portugal. And an assist. Playing really I'll well. I'll say this. Uh, I'll say this. And an uh, assist. I, the word I want to use is underestimated because I don't think we really understand yet how good this move is actually going to be in the long run. All right. So we are now coming out the other side of the international break, looking ahead at our next chunk of matches before the next unfortunate international break. Maybe they'll have a rethink given what's happened this one. But if you don't know, here's a look ahead at the league matches we have coming up until the next international break. We will have Everton away, of course, coming up once again, join us at Cannon Bay brewery, uh, with the Everton Tampa. Is that what it's called? Or Bay Cannon Brewery? Bay Sorry. Cannon. Yeah, yeah, Cannon Bay, whatever. Bay Cannon Brewery. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> uh, for that match, that's on the 17th this Saturday. We have Sheffield United at home on the 24th of October. West Ham at home on the 31st of October. And then, of course, the main event right before the international break. We go to City on the 7th of November. So, of course, coming out the other side, Andrew, you were getting into it uh, earlier on, uh, out of the outline. And as you should know, I stick to the outline. But now let's hear it from you. Everton is a chance to recapture this energy and reboot the system. Uh, is it not? Yes, but the only thing I would agree with you, but the only thing I, that, that bothers me is that, you know, the boys are most of the boys are coming back late. You know, Klopp hasn't had a lot of training time with the the international folk. He will have had training time with my boy Thiago, with Mane, um, and Milner, and so on and so forth. Um, Adrian as well. So hopefully he says, yo, you got to be better. 
<laughs> so um, that being said, that that's the only thing that bothers me a little bit because, you know, Bobby, you know, he had a bit of a trouble during the last match. Um, you know, obviously he won't be able to train him. But again, uh, let's write that off for a second. And, and, and you know, I, I think we'll be fine. But at the same time, I'm nervous as hell. So none of what I'm saying right now, like what I'm saying, like verbally to you, I probably agree with mentally, but my body's like telling me no. But my like, body <laughs> is telling me no. Man, square would have gone so much different if it would have just been like that. Yeah. But my body's no. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly what's happening. You know, like I, I'm very nervous. You know, I'll, I'll definitely be drinking as soon as I wake up on that Saturday morning. And um, yeah, and then obviously we'll do good stuff with the food drive. But other than that, I'll be nervous as a button. I don't even know if that's a phrase, but I'm making it right now. Nervous oh, as a button. No, you just got to be anxious, Andy. Anxious, <laughs> Andy. That's rude of you. Andy, that, you know, whatever, man, whatever floats your boat, I'm fine with. I'm just, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Move on to the next person. Let yeah. me gather my thoughts. So it's Andrew's nervous, as always. Surprise, surprise. Can't get to keep himself together. So I guess we'll shift the question over to Darius. Darius, is this a chance for the team to reboot the system and get the season up and going again? Darius, uh, don't lie. It's no. The answer is no. <laughs> of course. No, but, but here's the thing. Whether it's going to be a match that you think we can win or not, it doesn't matter because you're playing a team that you know is pretty good. And it's a chance to go and test yourself and like, all right, are we going back in the right direction? Because if, say, you go out and beat them by a million, then you realize, all right, yeah, we, we, we're back. Whether I mean, compared to, say, if you were going against um, a team who you know is going to finish at the bottom of the table and you go and spank them, it means nothing. Or if you go and play a tough team and then, okay, you don't look great, then sure, that maybe that means you still got things to work on. But I'm just looking at it from the perspective, from a positive perspective. Go out, play well. Now you feel a heck of a lot better coming out of that compared to if you were playing lesser competition. It's a derby. It's a big game. They're going to be up for it. So it's not necessarily a free hit but it's certainly a chance for you to go out and feel better at the end of 90 minutes um, if things go in the right direction. Yeah. And so in regards to being optimistic and unlike Andrew here, me personally, I don't know about you, David, but I find myself to be more confident, the more confident the Evertonians are and they're in a really good position. They're top of the table and they've got a bit of a bounce to them. Um, Oh, I'm a little optimistic in that regard because the more optimistic they are, usually the more hubris comes into play, but David, your thoughts heading straight into the Everton match. Is this the chance to kind of put Phil to the side, grab a hold of the Derby and push on hundred percent. Yes. Like this is a massive match. It's a Derby. When was the last time they were above us in the table? This is a chance to put them in their place. It's a chance to make a statement. I don't care what you say. It's only four games in. There's a team at the top of the table right now. So by that standard, they are, at the moment, the team in the best form. You go out there and put it on the team in the best form, the, a team that has basically, you know, as I talked about with Cam on the Rambling Rival show, that's reinvented itself and is in going through an evolution right now that is actually really positive, probably the most positive I've seen them in a decade. So to me, yeah, this is a major chance, and it just shows you, like, if we do go out there and handle business, that – yeah, Villa was just a one-off, man. It just th these things happen, but the, in these big games and in these moments, we still have it, and we'll be right back on course. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting in the regards that they're above us. Uh, it's not very often they come into these matches with a sense of being, you know, the favorite. I don't necessarily think they are the favorite going into this. I haven't looked at the odds yet. I'll have a little peek probably at 6 a.m. when I wake up to drive up to Tampa on Saturday. But yeah, I mean, in regards to this match, it, the big question for me is more than the, us having the opportunity to reboot our system is what kind of Everton performance do we see? Is Carlo Ancelotti not arsed about it at all and he just parks the bus again? Or, you know, you're the team in the incendiary. You're the team in form. Are you going to come out and play us? So it's very interesting. Either way, I, it is a chance for us to get the season going. Obviously, with the win, that is helped a lot more. But just a good performance of coming out in a derby. Andrew, you are right. They're probably due one, but maybe not this one. Maybe we could just push it down the road another year or so uh, before they break that uh, losing streak or non-winning streak against us. Let's be honest. Um, it's a Derby at Goodison. It's going to be nil-nil, a boring, terrible match to watch, like it always is. That's the other thing. The more hype that the Merseyside Derby is, the more <laughs> shit that it is. So, yeah. like... I'm inclined well, to think right now it's going to be nil-nil and absolutely boring, and we're all going to be sitting in this pub at 8.30 in the morning like, I can't believe I woke up for this. <laughs> <laughs> I woke up for this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, you know, it is Goodison. Uh, it's, it's not been a friendly place to us, so I wouldn't be surprised if it is a shit match. But I just want to see a good performance out of them. I want to see solid defense. So... If we yeah. get all that, like we'll be back. In any case, it just gets us off the Villa match, gets us back onto something else, get the ball rolling again. Yeah. See, that's that's sane talk, and and Andrews hears that, and I'm like, oh, that's sane talk. But then at the same time, I'm like, that makes talking no sense. about yourself in the third person. I'll give you one. I'll yeah. give you one. Then here's some insane talk. You know the uh, the meme <clears throat> video, dudes in the back of a, a truck. You've got like a coffin, and dudes in the back in uh bed, bed of the truck and then he gets out the coffin and he gets up and then he starts dancing and then the music going in the background i don't know if you've seen this video i'm gonna yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we'll have a chance to be they gonna be that dude over there dancing. Like, oh, oh he back he back to life that's gonna be it. here's the thing though here's the thing it's carlo enchilotti he has he's not an ideologue right he's not a club he's not a pep so for me I don't think he parks the bus. I think it'd be dumb too, but I wouldn't at the same time, you, you can make an argument that he should. Right. And for me, um, what was I saying? Yeah. Carlos, <laughs> Carlos, he's not an ideologue. <laughs> he's not an ideologue. Yeah. So for me, he, he, he will get the best out of his players. He'll do what's necessary. And I think, Based on our performance and the lack of training that we had, albeit, you know, they will have a lack of training as well. James went to Colombia and so on and so forth. Richarlison went to Brazil as well as Firmino. Um, I, I'm just worried as hell. And also, let's be honest, Carlo, over the last recent years with Napoli in the Champions League, albeit they're different games, he's been like Klopp's, you know, a little bit of a, um, what do you call it? Bone Achilles heel. Yeah, yeah, heel. Yeah, a little bit of heel there, especially, you know, away. You know, remember those performances away in Napoli, mm -hmm. right? So, and now, Nap unlike in March or in June when we played them, Carlo has his midfield. He has a lot. He has Dakote, whatever, the guy from Watford. Now Decore. he has Hamas. What is it? What's his name? Decore. Whatever. Close enough. <laughs> anyway, that guy. So, so for me, you know, this is a much better side. Albeit when we played them in June, which was the day after my birthday, it was upsetting to me that they didn't play on my birthday. Anyway, 
we had a makeshift side against him. So that's hard to compare. But the point being is that they've strengthened, right? And they're now on a high. However, the only thing I find solace is in it, if Hendo plays, he would have heard from Grealish. He would have heard from the other players in the England camp about, hey, man, you lost 7-2, blah, 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 blah. And hopefully he gets galvanized by that and he can galvanize through his leadership skills. He can galvanize the other players to put on a performance. That's the only thing I'm hoping for because I believe in Hendo. Hashtag believe Hendo. Well, I'll just say this: that the lads can't get up for a Merseyside derby against the top of the league, Everton. Yeah, and they're all, all a bunch. They're all a bunch of fucking sissies, and I don't want them on the team anymore. So, as far as galvanizing, <laughs> I think all the ingredients are there, whether Hendo had people in his ear or not. It's a Merseyside derby; they're top of the league. Sure, what, sure. What sure, do you sure. need? No, you know, but you, still need, you always need leadership at the end of the day. Oh well, Hendo it, will be it's there. Tough. It's tough. Like I, I'm not a professional player, but I imagine playing without fans is difficult. Both. And, and, and David has talked about this in article in his blog posts, also uh, text messages and in podcasts. You know, it may be, maybe it's different. I yeah. don't know. I'm not a professional player. All I know is like you maybe need that that player on the pitch, and hopefully Hendo can bring that out or or the old guy. Well, um, I have something reassuring for you. Tell me, tell me that David. you've tell talked me. about. What's up? Hendo being on the pitch will mean that Virgil Van Dyke doesn't have the armband on. Yeah, exactly. well, he'll be back to Super Verge. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, I mean, I would love to let Andrew uh, talk us all into despair, but I'm just not going to be having it. And more importantly, rather than hyper focusing on Everton, you have the Everton away to start. We have the City away to end this little run here. But in between there, we have Sheffield United at home and West Ham at home. Now. Obviously, this three-match run leading up to City is all getting us to be in a position of strength when we face City, where hopefully beating City has extra meaning to it other than just picking up the three points, extending a gap, taking the top of the table, stuff like that. So looking at the Everton-Sheffield-West Ham United, David, where do we need to be heading into City? Uh, I think you want to take at least seven points from those matches. You know, if you get a draw in the Derby, but you win the other two, it's fine. But you got, yeah, I think you got to get at least seven. You know, uh, Sheffield's not going to be an easy proposition. Rian Brewster will probably be starting, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they're a really good defensive side, but we spanked them when they came to Anfield last year. I know the game at their place was really close and settled on a goalkeeping error, but we outplayed them pretty good at Anfield, so hopefully we can do that again. And West Ham is just a side that I think we're significantly better than, so I think that we should win that game pretty easily. That's about what we do on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. If you get seven points, we're in great shape. Yeah, I mean, also in regards to, to Sheffield United, they haven't been in great form uh, to start this season. Uh, Darius, where do we need to be heading into City? Yeah, I think Dave said it right on. Um, seven points. I would expect this Liverpool side, just based off of body of work, not looking at the last game, but looking at the last two and a half years, They'll have nine points going into this. Um, I do think, though, that, I mean, we've already talked about it. Everton are good. Yeah, we got that. Um, Sheffield and West Ham, I think that two those two games are going to be a little bit tougher than you, we would probably expect. So it's not going to be easy by any stretch of imagination. If they come out of this with, I mean, a plus two goals in each of these next few games, I would be shocked. But I'm thinking it's going to be a chance for Liverpool to really – test themselves in the next few games and then obviously at the end being the ultimate test 
going up against Manchester City. So I would expect Liverpool to win all three going in. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it is seven or even six points or five somewhere in there. You know, it could be a bit of a tougher stretch just because we haven't seen Liverpool at their best, in a, in a, you know, consistently in a good while. So it's an opportunity to really cut your teeth. And I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm excited to see how they do with it because this is one of those stretches where it'll make a champion out of you. So, we'll see <laughs> well, well see. yeah, I mean, I look at it and I go, Everton's your chance to erase the woes, build it back up. And then you get two kind of not easy matches because nothing in the Premier League is given to you, but Sheffield and West Ham at home back to back a really nice little run of matches to set you up for hopefully Manchester mm-hmm. city. You're flying high. Andrew, are we sweating Sheffield United and West Ham? What's the scoop on why we should be butthole puckering for these two matches before we face city. Hey, I'm not always negative. <laughs> okay. I'm like 95% negative. West Ham's going down. I don't give a shit about them. It's David Moyes. We own him. It'd be fine. But honestly, I, I can't think that far ahead. I, I really can't. I mean, I hate to use Jordan Henderson's thing of, one game at a time. But for me and my and my anxiety and my therapist, it's one game at a time for me. We're, we're so, on to Cincinnati. <laughs> what? I don't we're, even know what that means. It's a Bill Belichick. It's a Bill Belichick. <laughs> just yeah. focusing one game at a time, not thinking. In the whatever. Time. Whatever you just said, I'm all about that life. So, um, <laughs> we're yeah, on to Cincinnati. I can't think that far ahead. But no, joking aside, uh, yeah, we should beat West Ham. We should beat uh, Sheffield United at home. Yeah. Again, it's a little bit weird with fans. It's it's a season, but, you know, these are professionals. And if Jurgen Klopp has listened to me over any of our podcasts, Mike, baby, put on the goddamn <laughs> Mike documentary. Get these people crazy. <laughs> Let's get everything. Uh, so, that being said, um, no, we should be fine those two matches. Obviously, City, um, ask me then. Ask me the week prior. I'll be in all kinds of nerves. I'll have multiple appointments with my therapist, you know, the week leading up to that match. It is what it is. But for those two matches, Sheffield United and West Ham, we should roll over them. But again, yeah, this is be on sedatives, Andy. <laughs> what? Yeah, sedated Andy. That's what sedated I mean. Andy. That's what I'm, dude, I'm just, I, I can't, we'll call. I can't Sedandy. That's what it'll be. We'll just sedandy. Before we we jump into the Champions League and look at that, just a couple of little talking points to kind of focus on. You mentioned it earlier, Darius. Henderson and Mane are always going to be missing. Andrew mentioned it'll be back for the Derby. That should be a boost, having Mane back, having Hendo back. One thing that we desperately need is Adrian needs to not try to be more than what he is and just play within himself. Hopefully he can figure that out. Uh, We're finally as we've all been talking about, get to see Tiago in full swing, hopefully. Um, Andrew mentioned it. We do need Firmino to press a little better, but real quick, let's have a little Shaq chat. Okay. Oh, and bef- also, Matip's back, and I think we can all agree. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Say it for me, David. Having no, Matip man, back. come on. It, it gives Gomez a little bit of a challenge, and it gives us a lot of reassurance because – it's got this is a guy that played a massive role in these last two seasons coming in completely changed himself and his game and man we could just use that presence back he's a big boy he's a good presence on the ball very reassured i'd like to see joel matt to play again likes to yell at the referee you know he's in the box for headers more than joe gomez and he loves coconuts Yes, and he knows all about the genus Coco. 
<laughs> and he gives, yeah. he gives you the best trips or clips from training. It's so. and <laughs> Joel Matip is just like Shaq in this point. There's players that we have that come into the team. They fill a spot. They play brilliantly for three, four, six, five, six months. And then they get Fan injured. Favorite. And they get injured. And then we seem to forget how good they are until they come back into the squad and start yeah, playing again. Back. And then we go, oh, wait. Yeah, yeah. So Shaq, he didn't get sold. He had a fairly spicy interview saying he feels at home in Liverpool. Do we expect him to play a part or is he kind of just hanging around until we can offload him? What do you think, Andrew? Why you always ask me, man? Because we gotta get you. We gotta get you out of the way first, so we can <laughs> we can sift through all the insanity. No, for me, for me, Shaq is. I like Shaq. I like him a lot, but uh, an interview doesn't mean much. I mean, these people, these, these people. When I say football, when I say these people, I mean footballers. They're well coached in interviews. They know what to say, what not to say, and so on and so forth. To me, it doesn't tell me much. But what I will say is this: is that he's obviously a player. Um, he he can do a job for us. I mean, we only have to look at the Barcelona match um, to see that. That being said, is he a first-team player? Absolutely not. But for me, it's interesting. The only thing I care about is if he stays fit. Because if he doesn't stay fit, it's it's like a Harry Wilson-Brewster situation. I don't care. If he's injured, then I, I just don't give a shit, right? Because obviously he can't play. Um, I just – I hope um, – I, I don't – I just – for me, again, putting on my David hat, my journalism hat here, I just don't see. <laughs> I don't see him being an evolution to what we're doing. We're trying to do. I think Klopp and 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 um, I I can't pronounce his name. The Dutch assistant. Linders. Linders. Yeah, I can't. I don't see them thinking. Oh yeah, we're gonna evolve the team, and Shaq is all a part of that. I, I don't see that. Yeah. But. What I do see is he's a squad player. He can do a job, and I'm okay with that, and we should all be okay with that. So I think it's great that he stayed because, let's face it, we don't have the money to purchase someone of his caliber for that particular money that we purchased him for. So I think it's a great business decision to keep him on because of the quality of player and the price and so on. And, again, I don't know his wages or whatnot, but I'm assuming it's it's okay. So from that perspective – I approve in Michael Edwards is a genius and so and Jurgen Klopp okay. and so on and so forth. By the way, does your press hat is it like old school like forties bowlers got um press written in there like on the little scratched <laughs> hey, out like the, hey, the journalism I'll, I'll, I'll bring it would, I'll bring it for the next for the next bring episode. the journalism hat man I love it. He would have loved that era of journalism, you know. Oh man like with the big flash bulb from the, the camera. Yeah. <laughs> um so Darius is Shaq back? Should we expect anything? Uh one hundred percent. Um any other season I would say nah they just kinda holding on and seeing what they do for value. But remember it's gonna be two matches a week for basically the rest of the season with the Champions League that's going to really stretch this squad thin. So he'll absolutely be a part of this. We're going to see him, if not in a couple of Champions League matches, coming off the bench in the Premier League in like the 60th minute or so. He's going to play a big part. Um, at least I think with um, being that 12th, 13th guy, he's. I don't expect him to start most of these games, but we're going to see an, enough of him. And he's world-class, man. Like when I say world-class, he is class at going and putting in a nice free kick, finishing. He is a very good player going forward. He's not the perfect clock player, and that's why we don't see him that much. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Is he back, David? Do we does Shaq? Do we get a dose of Shaq this season? 
I think at times, I think he'll be like that kind of late game sub that, you know, because I think Origi's going to play a lot more uh, this season. I think I, I think a lot of players uh, that would maybe just come into games randomly in the past will be playing more regularly because of just the way we're going to have to rotate the squad. So uh, I just think Shaq will be that guy that's just sort of appearing as a sub in a lot of games. But, you know, he does bring you a hell of a dead ball. He is good running at players and creating pressure on the uh, on the opposing defense. But, yeah, I like he's not going to feature heavily in a 4-3-3 anytime soon. So unless we have another system on tap, I don't expect to see him all the time. But I, I do think if he's around and he's healthy, you know, to Andrew's point, that is the frustrating part is that he's banged up so much. But, um, yeah, if he's around and he's healthy, I do think we'll see him on occasion. In regards to Shaq, I think it's much like Joel and Atip, where players, you know, come into the squad, play really well, get injured, and we forget about them. And I think there is an opportunity for Shaq. As everyone said, not so much as a starting option, but definitely as a role player. Um, do I think Shaq can play most of the bottom 10 off the pitch? Probably. So, yeah, I think there was a lot made about him being out of the squad last year and not a lot of mention of the fact that it was really only down to injury. So I'm inclined to think the Shaq is back and we will get plenty of big Shaq boom, so big to shot. speak. Um, anyways, there's a big thing. There's this big tournament that happens in Europe called the Champions League. We're in it again. Uh, it's becoming a regular thing, as it should be. Uh, if you weren't paying attention, our group is Ajax, Atalanta, Micheland, Midgetland, also known as, uh, yeah. Like, do we know a proper pronunciation on that? Micheland. I think it's like like Michelin tires, I'll but Michelin. Michelin man. I'll ask my Danish friend. It'll be yeah, fun. figure right. it out for us. I please. feel like it could be like Myatland. You know? Yeah, no, yeah, definitely something like that. It's more that sounds more Scandinavian or Myatland. Oh, we sound so American right now. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> a European country. <laughs> Scandinavian languages are difficult. It is difficult though. You look at the spelling. You look at the spelling. I was like, eh, I don't yeah. know. There's way too many consonants right, right <laughs> together. It doesn't make much sense. Um, as far as the run of matches, now before the international break, we will have Ajax away on the 21st that's nestled in between uh, Everton and Sheffield United. Excuse me. We will then have Michelin at home on the 27th, which is nestled right in between Sheffield United and West Ham United. And then we will have Atalanta away on the 3rd, which comes between West Ham and City. There's a four-day break between uh, Atalata away and then City uh, away in the league. Uh, but then the rest of the matches are Atalata, Atalanta at home, Ajax at home, and then we finish with Michelin away. It's kind of set up in a similar vein as last season uh, where we had those two home matches in the second half before we finished off away. But looking at the group, looking at the run of matches, Darius, expectations and general thoughts on the draw in the Champions League looking ahead. Oh, I'm, I don't know if I'm more excited for the fact that they're uh, going to go to play Ajax or Atlanta. You know, that's pretty awesome. Get to play the United. Um, <laughs> no, but like seeing the group, it's it's sneaky. It's a sneaky good group, though, when you think about it, right? It is. Because yeah. Ajax is always that team where they go on this miracle run. Why? Well, because they recruit great and they always have great young talent. Atalanta, they, they kind of showed it last year that while they may not be the most technically supreme team, they know how to play great team football. So it's not going to be that easy of a group if you don't take them, if you, if you take them for granted. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what Liverpool can do, because I also think that if Liverpool played to their capabilities, then 
by match day four, they'll be locked in to go to the round of 16. Um, but at the same time, it's like, this could produce some good games. Like when you think a couple of years ago to rest red star, like basically you've got a couple of red stars in there, right? Where if you take them for granted, you can get smacked in the face. So that's where I'm kind of like, all right, we'll see what this squad looks like. If they're putting out a B team, it's going to be tough. If they put out, if they put out the squad for real, then yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Andrew, are you, I mean, we got to ask, are you, are you worried? He's already. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Listen, I'm worried. Okay. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. COVID that's what's got me worried. So we're playing IX away. We're playing them in Amsterdam. My friend's been there. It's dope. He says the stadium's fine. The fans are fine, but there will be no fans, but there's a thing called COVID. So my thing is we play there. Tiago plays all the cool people play. And the next thing you know, they have COVID and they have to isolate for two weeks. That's what I'm worried about. So and I don't even know how uh, well what were you said the dates whatever it doesn't matter the point being is that as they, Darius was saying we'll be fine on the home games even though there's no fans that's fine but we play the Danish team away from home we play Ajax away from home we play Atalanta away from home in Italy and I think that we're going to play them in, in the San Siro which is by the way apparently a good ground a friend uh, taught English there, and he said it's a fantastic ground to go to. So that's cool. But none of our fans will be able to go. That's unfortunate. But that being said, I think from one perspective, I think this Liverpool team has evolved to where we'll be okay away from home in Europe. Remember the the, the narrative like two years ago? Oh, Liverpool is great, but like in European games away from home, they can't win. But then we smashed Bayern and yeah. their home yeah. ground. So but that was also when they were playing against uh, Napoli and PSG. Like this yeah, is yeah, exactly. this group is not that. I, I, I Red Star Belgrade away. I understand like, all it's that. A like, tough here, match. Here, yes, because it's very similar to it's it's that it, because it's Eastern Europe and their fans are nuts. But for me, it, it's the COVID aspect of it because that's the uncertainty. Andrew doesn't. I don't like uncertainty. So the uncertainty of we go away. We've looked at already this um, international break. Nabi, according to reports, has got uh, positive COVID, right? Um, so I'm sure someone else has. I can't remember. I mean, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo, the big, the big gem of them all, got COVID. Yeah, Ronaldo. Year. Yeah, the wife told me that. You're right. You're right. Ronaldo got COVID. So my my concern is that our players get COVID again. Not not. However, Thiago won't get COVID, so we'll be okay. Thiago can do all things. It's fine. <laughs> Thiago could be the center back. The midfielder and the striker will be fine. But seriously, though, that's the only thing I'm worried about. But outside of COVID, I think we're fine. I think we should top this group. No big deal. It should be okay. Interesting. I'm a worried. I'm worried about Antalanta, though, and the San Siro. That would be the team that I would be worried about. Okay, David. So COVID obviously throws a wrench in everything. Yeah. Looking at the group thoughts i felt really good about it i mean you know ix will be a challenge they're always good in europe they always have just footballing pedigree right like mm -hmm. it's a great club but i think we should beat them at home going to their place we'll see there's always one team in your group that if you split with them yeah. it's not the end of the world uh italian atlanta you know shouldn't be <laughs> we should win those games uh the thing I'm happiest about is that we don't have any Red Star Belgrades or Shakhtar Donetsk. You know, we're not going way out. This is, I think, Atalanta is the furthest what we're going to go. So, and, you know, 
Myatland or however you say it, but that should be a win or it should be a win, uh, both legs. So I feel pretty good about the group. I don't think that I think we should come out of it top and that's just all about the draw. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, Oh, I always look at the run of matches when it comes to the champions league. Cause it makes a big deal. The fact that we get to put Atalanta in the middle so that if it does go tits up, we still have two matches to recover is very nice. It allows us to build up to the strongest opponent in the group. Um, and that we also have two home matches in the second set of three matches uh, as opposed to in the first set of three, where we can stack the Anfield matches on the back end, of course, without fans, the whole European night and Anfield vibe is a little different. Um, something of note, Thomas Grunemark has worked with every single one of these teams. The throw-ins in these matches will be next level. I cannot <laughs> wait to see it. Uh, I don't know about you how guys. You, but how do you even know that, Jordan? How do you? Even... I read the internet very deep, my friend. <laughs> I go deep. Like, is that fake news? Is that real news? That's real news. Oh, that's real news. We need to have all Reddit, bro. Yeah, dude, Reddit's where all the good news is at. I don't want to give my sources away. If you go to Reddit once a day, you'll get all the Liverpool news that you need, my friend. But yes, this is the Tom Thomas Gronemark group, and I'm very excited to see these throw-ins. They're going to be world-class. <laughs> the group scores on a throw-in. I'll say this about Ajax. Ajax is good. They're very good. They develop talent. They've built a bit of a reputation over the last not even last season, but like the two or three years prior to that, they went to the Europa League final, lost to United against Jose Mourinho, got to a Champions League semifinal against all odds, knocked out Juventus and Real Madrid. The problem is for them there is that a lot of that talent has since been sold yeah, off. Uh, high profile departures. So they have, say. they still have Onana in goal. They still have, um, what's his name? The, the right winger, Neves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, they still have really good players out there. They just aren't the De Jong, the Light, Van de Beek, uh, and then Ziyech, uh, Ajax of two seasons ago. Right. No. Uh, they, yeah, like you said, they still have – I like they have that Argentine left back who's really good. So, it's still talent. And City but, wants to yeah. buy that guy, right? No? City always wants a fullback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean uh, – That's so true. And then, you know, Midgetland, Midgetland, whatever, really, as David said, should be two wins. So if you if you can get four points from Ajax and you can get the the six from Midgetland, that's 10. That usually qualifies you. And you can just write off the Atalanta or Italian Atlanta, which I guess means there's strip clubs with Stromboli or something instead of chicken wings. Lemon pepper. That sounds pasta. like heaven, by the Stram- way. Lemon pepper <laughs> pasta. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> Stromboli and pasta at the strip club buffet. And I will go for the Stromboli. Guys, guys, I'm really excited right now. (laughs) About the Stromboli or the strippers? I I keep no comment. (laughs) I mean, I is also in this group. It's about to be lit. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, the red, the red, I went to Ajax. Well, on but a- listen, guys, no, but for real, though, this team is fantastic going forward. They play good football. They're like, I really, they're like a more sexy Bournemouth, from what I understand. So oh, I, that's that's I'm, offensive to Ajax. Like you know, like from like old no. days, not like obviously Bournemouth that got rele- relegated, but like you know the early days of Bournemouth, like oh no, yeah, football like this and that. So I mean, they're much better than that. And my my view is that I, uh, I'm a little worried about. I'm a little bit. I'm more worried about Atalanta than I am. Um, is it Atalanta? 
Yeah, Atalanta. 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 I'll ask my wife. She's Atalanta. I don't know. I'll, I'll just say this. Duolingo. It is a thing. Um, but I'm worried, more worried about the Italian side than I am the the Dutch side. I cannot wait to hear Andrew described my Atlant as a Danish MK Dons. Yeah, right. <laughs> and no, why we should be worried. Because well, the Ali, guys, they're the Danish be. leads. <laughs> oh, guys. No, for real, though. They're interesting because I read an article on the BBC that basically said, like, some some nonsense, like, yo, they're really into analytics and blah, blah, blah. And they seem like the Liverpool of uh, of Denmark. I read that years ago. So the fact that they're in the Champions League means well, yeah, that. They're, well, they're in the rodeo. Champions League. Yeah, they're in the Champions League almost every year, getting knocked out as the fourth team in the, oh. whatever group that they're in. Um, this isn't a, like they're not new to this rodeo, so to speak. Uh, in regards to Ajax, calling them Bournemouth is very offensive. <laughs> I'm just gonna squash that. I know it is. I know it is. But as uh, you said, they sold off a good a good amount of players. Yeah, I'm just saying that Atalanta. And- plays a distinct style of football that I think could beat us. That's okay, what I'm worried about. And I don't think Ajax could beat us. Oh, well, I, I thought you I'm were more, saying... I, I think Atalanta could beat us. Well, yeah, I, I, they could beat us just because they play really good system of football. They have really good footballers in that team. Yeah. They did really well in, in Serie A last year. Exactly. Um they play a 3-4-3, which is very unique in world football nowadays. Not a lot of people playing a 3-4-3. And yeah, but I'm I'm just saying in regards to Ajax, like they're not as good as they were two seasons ago. Um, does that mean we disrespect them? No, but no, no, no. we should be able to get four points for them. I do think we should be able to get six points. And so really the Atalanta or Atalanta, whatever side, those two matches are a little less important in my opinion. Because you can just win the other four quite easily in my, in my mind. Of course, it's nestled yeah. in between Premier League games, and you got to rotate the squad and all that. But that's why we we did the transfer business that we did. Um, so, where do you see us before we finish off? Do we win the group? Do we finish second? Do we not qualify? Are we in the Europa League? I'm going to go first. I say we win the group, and you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that we actually win every single match, just because I don't know. It just feels like something we should do. Um, David. Yeah, we win the group. I, I think the last, at least the last game, we're not even, it's just like a League Cup team out there. Yeah, if we can avoid last season where I had a slight crisis thinking about, I turned into Andrew thinking about uh, Salzburg away in the last group match, like we're going to lose or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they went out and silenced you. So Yeah, I know. Say, I, that's when I learned to never be Andrew again. So, Andrew, how do you feel about <laughs> the group? Do we finish? Do we win the group second? Or are we in Europa League? What do you think about the group? Dude, it honestly depends on Allison. It depends on, on what Jurgen Club does to get these boys motivated and and, 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 and uh, correct, so to speak, because obviously since uh, the restart, we haven't been our Liverpool we've been used to over the last year and a half. So that's the thing I'm worried about. So again, I'm going to say what Jordan Henderson always says, game by game. But of course, of course, we should go through the group. Absolutely, we should go through the group. The question is whether we're, we're top or we're second. Do any of and these teams top, have giant then, pitches? Yeah, that's another thing we'll have to look at. San Siro is a massive yeah. pitch, if I remember correctly. San Siro is exactly, and 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 the thing I'm worried would, and then if once we top the group, then ask me, oh, why I'm scared of who we play next. 
That's Andrew, we always know you're scared of something. We just don't know what it is yet. And we're always going to ask you what it is you're scared of. Darius, do we win the group? Do we finish second? Are we I mean, maybe if Antalanta had Josef Martinez up there up front, I'd be more worried about Liverpool finishing wow. first. Dude, they're going to finish first. It's just a question of by how much. Yeah. Like, it, it, I just don't see a scenario where they don't qualify. Oh, like, I, could I, can... see, I could see what happens is they get so far ahead and then they just – don't take the last couple of games seriously and end up finishing second. I could see that happening, but not seriously, not making it to the next round. This is, no, I didn't say that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even, that's what I'm saying. It's so far, not a question. I'm not even worried. I'm like, I'm almost insulted. Like we're really going to ask that. Not quite. But if, if Alex, it would have to be catastrophically bad. I'll I'll put it like that. It could happen if it were catastrophically bad, like something we've never seen in football before. Things like that happen all the time, granted, but it's just – it's really tough to see that happening with this Liverpool side. I mean, dude, like, remember, Napoli had been the big banana peel the last couple of years, last two seasons each. Well, they don't have a PSG in this group, so as far as just talent goes, they got the talent. As far as been there, done that, they got that. They got the experience. And as far as coaching goes, they got that. And squad depth, they've got that as well, so – it's just like who's even really rival rivaling them at this point? It, one and a one off, yes, you can lose a one off. Over two matches, better two wins. Come on. Yeah, I'm not so worried. No, and I, I am also personally offended by uh, Andrew's. Uh, well, it's no, 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 it's not Andrew. I'm, I'm, <laughs> no, don't get it, Andrew. This I'm is mad at you for asking the damn question. <laughs> no, that's, that's very arrogant, man. No, yeah, no, it no, is no. arrogant. It is that's arrogant and elitist of all of us. Absolutely. Yeah, that's but who we it's are, deserved. That, it's that's, that's, deserved. that's why I think, again, club, watching Michael Jordan documentary. Oh, my God. If you were <laughs> Michael Jordan documentary, <laughs> hey, one more time. Crazy. Andrew. So Andrew, <laughs> yeah. Andrew, you are the one to, like, make sure that we don't lose our heads because the three of us, I think we're like, yo, they're going to get 20 no, points in no, this group. No, no, <laughs> bullshit. No, it's, it's arrogant as shit. Look. Atalanta is a good team or oh, whatever yeah, Jordan said. I don't even know how to pronounce it. I asked the wife. She speaks a little Italian. I'm waiting on confirmation. <laughs> um, but Ajax is obviously a, a decent team as well. Um, Denmark, yeah, Beowulf, whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. But it, it, it's stupid to think that. Remember, okay, I know Klopp is not Rogers, But remember years ago when we got in the Champions League with Rogers? Oh, yeah, we got this Bulgarian team. We got Real Madrid. And we got – I don't remember who else was the other player. It was different, though. There's I know it's different. But the point being is that all, all the fans that I knew were like, yo, we're going to – we're going to – we'll be second in the group. What happened? No, I don't remember that conversation. I remember being very worried about Suarez being gone and Balotelli being the replacement. That's I know, what I remember. I remember being very concerned. But was, this is before, about that remember, but remember the draw though. We didn't. I don't think we sold Suarez at the draw. I, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he was gone. Was, yeah, weren't, he those, was gone. weren't those the years when they were expecting Joe Allen to come save the day? Yeah, exactly. And Barini was supposed know, to score goals. The point, <laughs> and Colotori was the better point is They are not the same. The point Ricky is, Lambert. Saying, though, we can't, we can't, as a fan base, we can't get too carried away. Yes, we can. We're fans. We're not on the pitch. 
Yeah, exactly. I, I, had to disagree. I had to disagree with you here, Andrew. We're supposed to be as arrogant as we can. That's yeah. what being a little fan is about. Enjoy it. Fans. We know we can't. No, lose. see? We and this is, where we're, no. this is where we're going to end this. This is where we're going to end this thought. This is where we're going to end this thought. Because Liverpool, the last 10 years that fell at the hurdle and didn't get over the hump, is the anomaly to the history of Liverpool. It's kind of like Bucks fans that grew up with the great Bucks teams. That's the anomaly. The Bucks aren't a good franchise. They're a shit franchise. And Liverpool isn't a team that blunders and gets too arrogant and their head too big and falls over. They're the exact opposite. That we grew up and we're conditioned to think the opposite is unfortunate, but we have to learn to become the, the, the fans of the 70s and 80s where we go around the fucking world and tell everyone we're the best fucking team in the world. There's nothing they can do about it. God damn it, Jordan. I'm so inspired. Andrew. Like, I feel like I should vote. <laughs> now you're going to believe vote, us. Man. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go vote Do for vote. a politician or something. So, no, you're, you're right. But I just, I just worry that because of this year's special, because of COVID and everything else, and because, again, players get sick, the fans are not there, the famous Anfield Knights. I, again, I'm just a bit worried. I think we'll be fine. But I think it's arrogant to say, oh, we'll be fine by match day four and we can play Keller at goalkeeper match day five and six. You know, not that Darius said that. Oh, no, 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 that's not what I was getting at. I I said that. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. Seriously, (laughs) I I don't mind it. Andrew, if we are wrong, absolutely come back at us and let us know how wrong we were. We're just letting you know if we are wrong, it will be because of something that is so unpredictable that happened. It's, Don't at me, bro. If it goes according to plan for every single team in this group, Liverpool are miles ahead of everyone. Yeah, that's I, the point. So yeah. it would take Liverpool slipping up, someone else being brilliant, and a third condition that we can't even predict. No, 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 no. guys, 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 guys. For it to even I'm, be I'm close. Saying, saying, listen, 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 close. Listen, listen very carefully. I am saying that we will, uh, what's it called, advance the group, right? Go through. But I just I just put a word of caution because being a Liverpool fan, Liverpool fan for X amount of years, I've known to uh, I've been you know recipient of almost and so on and so forth. I understand that's not with Klopp, but I just like let's just game at a time, as Henderson says. Andrew, right? you've been hurt. Again yeah. and again, you've been let down. You've been disappointed. I know. I've been, I'm you're just scarred. So I, I understand. You gotta let but, yourself. But we're here for you, man. Damaged goods, hey, Andrew. Hey, hey, Andrew, bring it in, bro. We're gonna give you a virtual hug. Okay? Here, come here, everyone. It's gonna give be okay. It's gonna be okay. Episode two of season 2020 of Tampa Bay Cop Talk. We love you, Andrew. Reach out and give Andrew give a hug. Give him a hug, guys. <laughs> I need, I need, I need that food help, homie. We're going through the group. Do bring food once again <laughs> this <laughs> Saturday. 17th of October, 645 uh, Bay Cannon Brewery opens up. Be there, be square. Bring your canned food. If you can't, donate. Bring rice. Uh, You can go find the event on our Facebook, Tampa Bay Cop Talk. Just find us, find the event, find the links where you can donate if you can't make it out there. It's going to be fine. We're going to qualify. Andrew can be the little guy on your shoulder this that- is a safe place <laughs> yeah, listen Andrew, to the soothing sound sessions. of my voice it's hopefully, all going you guys to be like okay. the best therapy session we all look back and the, we laugh at andrew's more i have a feeling we yeah. laugh at andrew's anxiety i'm jordan david <laughs> <laughs> i'm david <laughs> who are you 
I'm Andrew. And who are you? I'm Darius, and I'm having a great time. <laughs> yes, and this has been episode two of this 2020 season of Tampa Cape. Tampa Bay Cop Talks. Up the Reds, yeah, see you at the Derby. <laughs> <laughs>